How to Tell Stories to Children is a bi-weekly podcast exploring the science and methodology of storytelling. I am Silke Rose West. And I am Joseph Saracy. We are the authors of How to Tell Stories to Children. Our goal is to foster diverse storytelling by helping individuals like you awaken to the storyteller within. Good morning, Silka. Good morning, Joe. And good morning to you, our listeners, or good afternoon, as it may be. We're going to be sharing some ideas to help you and your family tell stories together, the kind of connecting stories that really are so central to the method and the ideas that, that we share. But before we do that, we really want to thank you, those of you who have been listening to this entire season. This is going to be our last podcast. For this season, we're going to return to it in the fall. Thank you for listening. Thanks for reading our book. Thanks for sharing your stories, really, with your kids, with your family. That's the main piece. We've had a lot going on with the book launch this summer, and we are both teachers and parents. We look forward to spending a little bit of time this summer just in our lives, getting ready for this coming school year. And when we return in the fall, uh, we think we're going to be bringing some interesting and exciting elements, maybe some changes into that. So thank you for listening. I would also like to just say a brief thank you. It means so much to me that I can, through my voice and through the internet, through Patreon, be, I'm able to uh, touch a part of your life, hopefully in meaningful ways. And uh, just last weekend, I was out and about, and a little three-year-old came up to me, and he's like, I know you, I listen to your stories. And there was something so beautiful in that, because when that little boy looked into my eyes, I really saw how much he loved the stories. And... I will actually continue recording stories and I'm just, yeah, so happy to share with all of you listeners and thank you for being there. I see us all sitting in a circle and uh, we are in a community. So thank you for all your support. Yeah, so okay, that's that's really excellent. And so I'm, I'm going to dive in through that uh, <laughs> through that very idea. I was there in that moment um, with that little child. And the thing that we constantly uh, come back to here is how stories build that connection. And it's amazing when somebody, a sort of stranger, kind of walks up out of the blue and is like, I know you. (laughs) That can be a powerful experience, right? But really what we're talking about are are those day-to-day stories with your own children, your own family, that that's creating that same love and wonder that you're sharing that, that your kids are looking at you with those kinds of eyes. That's really our goal. And so so what we're going to talk about today, we were, Soka and I were out camping with my daughter recently, and we were up in the mountains near the border of Colorado. I think we were in Colorado then. Anyways, um, what I... What I want to emphasize 
is how storytelling builds this sense of community amongst whatever group it is that we have, right? It was the three of us in that moment. And with the success of our book and this podcast and these other things, I, the honest truth is that it, it can be hard to hold all that, right? We are actually fairly simple people, teachers. We live very simple lives. It's, it's hard to have the attention of the world sometimes. And sometimes what that does is it, it forces us to do our best, I hope we do our best, to hold this kernel of storytelling, to share it, to teach it, to inspire it uh, within you. And yet that's a big responsibility, <laughs> let's say. And so when we, were, when we were out there on this mountain, and we were really out there, I mean, it was, it was, a, it was a place where uh, pretty much nobody else, we hardly saw anyone else, it was really out there. These are the kind of places that we frequent. <laughs> and it is where we tell stories. It is, I want to say in many ways, it's our natural environment. And this is relevant, and you're going to see in a, in, in a little bit here why I'm, I'm, I'm creating this context. Because it was in that context, the three of us, Silka and I and my daughter, who's nine, well, Soka, maybe you can maybe you can share how we how how we entered this subject of storytelling and what that moment was like because it was it was so powerful it was so intimate it was part of that mountain it was part of us as a little threesome it was part of that moment maybe you could help us enter sure I I started to enter into it with just simple word associations and so I invited uh, Joe's daughter and him and uh, to that each one of us would find a word and or I would say a word and then they would have to give me three things that come up let's say mountain I say mountain and then they would have to say something that reminds them of a mountain like for example flower tree hiking and then um, we would go around and it was interesting because sometimes I thought like, oh, for sure the child is going to say this, but she said something very different. And uh, that in itself was uh, bringing forth this understanding that when we hear one word for us, it brings up these different words that we associated with, while for others it could be something different. So even with your people that are your family, that are your, in your immediate surroundings, there can be sometimes a surprise. And out of that arose that we said, well, maybe we actually chose daughter said, maybe we can do it where you say a word and then we tell a story. And so we told... Can, oh, I, can I interrupt you for a ahead. second just to help? So that word association game, the way we, the way we played that, right? We're just sitting around the campfire yeah. at night, kind of falling yeah. asleep. And the way that went was, right, you started with a word. Yes. And then the next person had to give three words yes. that kind of associated with that. And whatever the final word was, was then what was passed on to the next. So in this case, if it was mountain, and that made you think of tree, flower, st- flower hiking. hiking, 
hiking went to the next person. And then exactly. it was like, um, boots, walking, hot. And then so, hot was the next well, thing. Yes. Right? So just just so you get the idea, this was just a goofy little game that we just happened to play yeah. um, uh, on the fly that evening. Right. Just just to seal, seal home that that idea. Okay, can, yes. keep going. And then I think it ended up this one word where I started to tell a little bit of a story instead of just giving one, giving the, uh, it was the, the next three evening. words. Yeah, it was the next evening. And so we decided, well, let's just tell a story. Like we, I say, for example, tree. And then uh, the next person tells a story about it. And then you pass on another word and the next person gets to tell a story about the word you give them. And I, I wonder if you could help us, before we dive into the, the description of what it is, give us the feeling. Can you bring, what, because the, why, why are we sharing this right now? What was the feeling in that moment? It, it felt like that uh, when I said, for example, well, it started out first with things like the word tree. And then, well, there was once a tree that I climbed and, and, and it was a personal story. And then we realized, oh, it could also be an imaginary story. And it felt like, oh, we're in this together and we can actually create however we want. And at one point it became, the game became also very personal because then we had topics like even and tell a story about Joe. It just felt like we as a small little family in the mountain, we were just coming closer and closer together around the fire. And the storytelling ability of the child, they were just so beautiful. And then she looked towards me and was like, oh, what's going to be your story? And I look at Joe, oh, what's going to be your story? And we actually created this incredible excitement. Yeah, all of a sudden there was more of us. There was just three of us, but it felt like through the stories there was even our own little circle. We came together closer and yet we grew. Yeah. So I think that's that's the piece that I would um, focus on, actually. And I think in a little bit, I think we can give some maybe clear details about how to structure this little storytelling game or activity, right? But even before we do... I think that's the essence, and I think it really is worth emphasizing because we actually had a beautiful day, right? And as we sat there, even that first night, and we did just the word association part, it was interesting. It was interesting to follow that. But then as that grew into the storytelling, and that, that's how we did it, at the end of the story, whoever, whoever told the story, and it was very brief. I mean, these were like one-minute stories. Whatever the last word of that story was, was what the next person had to tell a story about. And then, however, that's whatever the last word of that story was, the next person. And we went round and around and around right. like this, right? With these little brief one-minute stories. Boy, within 15 minutes, the sense of connection and sweetness. These are very simple stories, right? It was just so real. It was so real. It was so meaningful. And that's the heart of what we want to share today. It's the heart of what we try to share in all of our work is that it is possible to focus on storytelling as this telling of a great narrative. We want this sort of epic, incredible 
ranging story. And, and, and those things are beautiful. They are wonderful to us. But all of us can tell fairly easy, simple, straightforward, short stories. And they are incredibly valuable. I even had there in Silka, I wonder what you think. When I was reflecting on that experience, because you remember the story of the White Raven also mm -hmm. that was in that? There was such a feeling in that moment. And this is in the book. We wrote about this a little bit, though not in great detail. There are these sometimes in life where you're someplace. You're in a forest. For us, it is. We, we, are, in, we are in the natural world a lot. But it doesn't have to be that, right? It could be your home. It could be your city, your town, your library, your playground, your child's school, whatever it is. Sometimes we're in a place and it's as if that place speaks through us through this form of story, right? I would say that I strongly had that feeling really throughout that entire trip but particularly those evenings sitting around telling those stories. Mm -hmm. And now I know that it was Silka, it was you telling the story. And I know that it was my daughter telling the story. And I know that it was me saying the story. But do you remember the birds? Right. Do you remember the birds? Mm -hmm. And do you remember the sound of the wind? And do you remember the white <laughs> thistle? Yes. We found this white thistle. And yes. now thistle flowers, if you don't know, are almost always purple. But this <laughs> yes. one happened to be white. It was like an albino yeah. thistle, and it stuck out so much. Yes. Right? And these elements kept popping up in our stories. Yes. And the feeling for me is as if the earth is speaking through us. It is true that it is our words that are being spoken. Mm -hmm. But it is very, very true. To me, it feels plain that in those moments, it's like, it's like the grace of God, right? There are sometimes those moments where the story that is being told feels as if it is being spoken by the earth itself, by the mm -hmm. forest through our own voices. Yeah. And I felt that so palpably. And that's what we're trying to get at a little bit in this brief podcast. Because this is a very real experience that all humans can have, that surely you can have. And it takes the listening, it takes the listening to one another, it takes the listening to that environment that you're in. It's not about just a pristine natural environment, though that's, that is what we spend a lot of our time doing. But in those moments, in that moment of truly listening, this is the creature that we are. We tell stories. We give voice to the things that we see and hear and feel, and they, and they become stories. It was such a palpable feeling. And that it, was, it, was so, it was so remarkable, and it was so bonding. It was so incredibly bonding, and yet it was so simple. I mean, these stories were very, very simple and plain. Would you agree with that, Hava? Yes, and I also, for me, it helped really to see what has caught the attention of the child. What has caught Joe's attention? Because we were in the same environment, but he wove the white sizzle into his story. You know, each one of us had something different that was woven into our stories from our surroundings. And it was beautiful to see that for everyone it was something different. 
you know, and yet it was a shared experience. And that felt just so sweet. Yeah, you get to see what somebody else picked up throughout the day. Because yeah. remember, at one point it had rained on us. Yeah. <laughs> and and those, how that element of rain had yeah. come up. And we sat under that tree. We sat under this broad pine tree to get out of the rain a little bit. That in itself was such an experience. And then and the way that showed up in story here and there, it's a, it's, it's a form of witnessing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a form of witnessing each other. And when somebody brings it up... Because the way we did it, the way we structured it was the story was allowed to be real. It could be a true story or it could be creative or imaginary. It didn't matter. And yet, even in the imaginary stories, as in the true stories, they revealed what what this this person, this beautiful person that we love, right? What they had captured throughout their day. And... And as we each reflected those elements back to each other, boy, there was such a, it's just, there was such a sweetness there. It, 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 it makes me think of the storytelling loop, right? We actually haven't talked about the storytelling loop mm-hmm. too much in the podcast, though we, we emphasize it a lot in the book. But this sense of seeing something, observing something, drawing it into our story, and how that changes our relationship to it. Mm-hmm. One thing that stood out to me too, uh, Joe's daughter is uh, an avid reader and she hadn't brought her book and I didn't bring a book either. And I had this one moment, I had to just laugh about myself because as a forest kindergarten teacher, I don't carry books with me. I just tell stories. (laughs) But you know, when the children grow older, when they're nine years old and they're like, oh, I'm so into reading a a book and I just can't wait until I read the next book. They sometimes would choose to maybe go to the book rather than to sit around the fire and listen to the story. And so for me, it was important to actually see, it was so perfect that we didn't have any books with us. It was just so perfect. We didn't actually go into our own world and we might have, who knows? So sometimes it's, it's, it's good to just say, well, let's leave those things aside and just really trust that, yeah, there is a story alive in us. And, you know, it's, it's our story. It's our shared experience. And, and then it becomes a memory, like for Cho and me and, and Pema, it is a beautiful memory that we will have and we'll always think back. And when the word white thistle comes up or the white raven, we'll have an immediate association with that trip. And uh, it will just bring, yeah, this internal, this inner joy to us this real real appreciation for this little family experience we got to have yeah and i and 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 that's just what i I just want to reiterate i feel like i can't do it enough is that i just so strongly believe that this is something that everybody can do that all families can do and and it takes a certain authenticity right it takes not joking it away it's easy to do that it's easy to do that Um, i mean especially for a male I mean, it's easy for me, right? I goof around all the time. I, and, and it's hard. It can be sometimes hard to take it seriously, right? And yet you can have a certain playfulness with it. But to sit down and tell stories takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of honesty. 
even when they're creative, even when they're imaginary, because you're revealing something about yourself. And you're also listening, especially as we're talking here in the storytelling circle like this, where you're going around. It's incredibly intimate. Even in the manner of about 15 minutes, you can build a sense of connection that is just, it's hard to surpass. I would, I would strongly say that. And I, the reason that, I am, I, that, it, that it, it, it just comes up so powerfully for me is that the reality is I, I am a little bit overwhelmed with storytelling these days with the book coming out. And we are constantly putting out all this material and stuff about storytelling. And I, I, it's real. It's true. But there are times when I doubt myself. I face a lot of self-doubt. I'm like, oh my gosh, what, you know, I'm just a great pretender. I'm, I'm a storyteller. I'm just a big liar here, you know? Um, who am I to be telling anyone about how to tell stories? But that's the key. That is the whole key. This isn't a profession for Silka or I. That's not the approach at all. This is intimate family work. And it's something that that can work within your family and knit you together these these cords of emotion and symbol and memory and story and even physical and real objects places times you knit all this together it's one of the most powerful experiences i've had in my life yeah I wish that for all of our listeners that you, you know, can have some beautiful summer moments where you can have this story, shared story experience with your families and, uh, you know, just just be you and just uh, be free of your devices or things that might, you know, stand in the way for that time being and uh, listen, be listened to experience the joy of being listened to it's actually a real beautiful gift just like being the storyteller you also receive that gift there is your audience and now you get to be the audience and teaching this to our children your story matters i want to hear your story now it doesn't matter how big or long or small or you know tall it doesn't matter I want to hear your story. And so the children actually learn by us modeling this, like telling and listening. They will learn to tell their own stories and they will learn to listen out of this, like feeling, this is like, wow, this is such a sweet marshmallow. I can't wait until I get to eat the next one. Mm -hmm. And it has that, it has that excitement of getting to eat something very, very yummy around the fire, you know. And so then usually somebody says, oh, let's do that again next time. And sometimes you have somebody new there and that's totally fine. You can integrate as many people as you want into that uh, sharing circle. So it can be three people, it could be a whole group of 20 people. But uh, the beauty is in that uh, giving and receiving, the telling of the story and the listening to the story and to, and to just feel into what a gift it is that we have each other. What a gift. Hey, everyone. Joseph Saracy here. We're going to get back to the podcast in a second, but I want to share a few announcements. First, thanks for listening. 
We love your comments and questions too, so keep them coming. You can reach us on our About page at howtotellstoriestochildren.com. Second, please rate this podcast and write a review if you have the time. It makes it easier for other folks to find us. You can also pledge $4 at Patreon and help keep this podcast alive and free for everyone. Third, the relaunch of our book is scheduled for June 22nd. We're going to be announcing lots of extra events, interviews, and giveaways in the next few months, so stay tuned. If you're not already on our mailing list, you can sign up at howtotellstoriestochildren.com. Finally, we're delighted to announce that the book has 15 foreign editions and counting, including Chinese, German, Japanese, Spanish, Korean, Arabic, and a whole lot more. So, wherever you're listening, you're bound to find a copy soon. Okay, now back to the episode. I'd like to dive back in to really the details of this structure, because it's very simple. It starts with, I I kind of consider this almost like the icebreaker round. It starts with um, one word, and then whoever's in the circle, next in the circle, has to give three words that relate to that. And then the next person gives three words related to the final word. And it goes all the way around the circle, perhaps as many times as you want. So we're going to start with that, and then we're going to move into how that turns into storytelling. Yeah? Do you want... I'll give you a word. Does that work? Okay, so I'm going to give you a word, window. Clarity, opening, glass. Drink, cup, milk. Cow, calf, stable. Horse, hay, hot. Sweat lodge, sauna, sun. Light, yellow, star. Night, moon. You. (laughs) Okay, so I think you get the, the idea there. This can be a great way to just open the room. It's very simple goes around until you feel like you've reached a sense of completion. So now we're going to take it to the next stage. Okay, we're going to start with one word. And then what we're going to do is we're going to use the last word or the, let's say the last significant word of the story to tell the next story on. So we're using this sense of association. And when we tell the story, it can be true or it could be imaginary. And it It can be as long or as brief as it needs to be. It's not about telling an epic thing. So once again, I'll start with a word and then we'll continue. Does that work? Yep. Okay. So I'm going to start with shoe. Once upon a time, there was a shoe who was a little bit lonely. And the shoe was thinking to himself, if only I could find a mate. And so the shoe walked around, but every mate the shoe found was just not the right one. One was too big, the other too small, the other too wide, the other too tall. And the shoe thought, will I ever find my mate? 
So there were two ducks that lived in a pond and they decided to build a nest and they wanted to lay eggs. And so they gathered some of the reeds and the tall grasses and the mama bird eventually laid three eggs in that nest. But it was a lot of work for the mama bird. And so what was so great was that the papa bird would go out every day and find all this food and bring it back for her to eat. I'll take eat as my last word, yeah? And so I use the word eat and bring that towards food, if that's okay. Well, when the little uh, ducklings had hatched, there was a great feast. And, um, well, you wouldn't believe who all came to the feast. There was a river otter who came to a feast. There was a beaver who came to the feast and even a frog. And the frog said, Ribbit, ribbit, why is there such a feast here on this day? Well, because it's a wedding. So when I was, my, my parents, uh, my, my mother died when I was very young. And so I was at my parents' wedding. My dad remarried. And he, uh, when I was four years old, and he married the woman I call my mom. And this is a funny memory that I have from it because it wasn't until I was a teenager, I have this very, very vivid memory at the end of their wedding, at the end of the reception, they walk out. We were all there, all my family and everybody, and they walk out into the parking lot. This was at my church. And they got into a helicopter and flew away. And I'm telling you, for like 15 years or more of my life, I, that was that was my parents' wedding. It wasn't until I was somehow in my teenage years and I told them that story and they looked at me and they were like, Joe, we, we didn't get in a helicopter. And I realized that somehow that maybe it was a dream. I'm not sure what it was, but I was so sure that I, I, I remember that as a, as a real memory. So memory... This was Joe's last word, so I'm going to pick up on memory. And I have a lot of beautiful memories from my childhood, being in a stable, being among cows, having to hold the tail of the cows while my mom was milking them so they wouldn't swoosh their tails into her face. That's how I learned my multiplication tables. It's one of my favorite stories and favorite <laughs> memories <laughs> holding the tail of the cows while i go three times three is nine. <laughs> oh my goodness well the beautiful thing in it was that when my mama milked the cow and i did my multiplication tables holding the tail of the cow my mom was just so present with me because she was just always so busy and so um I just remember her milking, swish, 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 and being present. So 
there were two slugs who loved each other very much. I mean, these, <laughs> these were love slugs. And um, it was one of their birthdays. It was hard to tell which one was the boy slug and which one was the girl slug, um, even for them. But uh, there, there was a difference. And it was one of their birthdays. And the other slug, let's say the boy slug, wanted to get a present for her birthday. But I don't know if you've ever thought about it. What do you get a slug for their birthday? It's not, it's not easy to, to figure out. So he was thinking and thinking and thinking about it. And finally, he figured it out. And the day came and they had a little slug cake and they sang the slug birthday song. And at the end of the song, she blew out the candles and he gave her the present. And she untied the ribbon and she opened the package and she looked inside and she couldn't believe it. It was. A pair of roller skates. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, I think we're going to end our examples because you can see how you can go in all different directions with these stories from diving into your own childhood into making up uh, slug love stories. <laughs> uh, that's the beautiful thing about it. You're actually not um, tied to just telling realistic stories you can also do imaginary stories they can you know in there's just the continuation is that you pick up on uh, the ending of one story to start a new one and it can be fun and what I also enjoyed was that at one point uh, Joe's daughter said like oh tell me that one story one more time you know there you'll see that in this storytelling round sometimes one story stands out and someone is like oh can you tell that one one more time you know yeah and I think the other thing that I noticed too is that you know right now it's just the two of us sitting here so you get when it's just two people you get into sort of a cycle and it's um that's, but when you're in more of a circle, um, three, four, five, more, um, it actually, the diversity comes out. Um, you're not just going back and forth. It's not a tennis game anymore. Right. Now you're really in a circle, yeah. right? Um, and actually it, it brings out more intimacy, more detail, more diversity. Um, it can really just be a really meaningful experience. Yeah. So we want to, Thank you once again for listening. We hope this is an idea that you can take into your families this summer and at other times uh, when you gather. And um, thanks so much for your support. We have one other actually kind of funny little announcement here that we're going to share with you. And um, Well, I don't know if it's funny. It's dead serious, yeah, Joe. Yeah. I mean, no fun around it. That's right. It's real. Yeah. Well, and that is that, you know, this, this, is, this is something that we have kind of kept out of our professional lives uh, for a little while. But, there, you know, the truth is we're just, we're just kind of real people. We're happy to announce that Silka and I are, are actually engaged. And our love for, for storytelling has always, um, it has always 
come from this beautiful relationship that we have with our students and with each other. And um, sometimes we have shied away from that in our professional lives. Um, we don't mean to draw extra attention to our personal lives now, but it felt appropriate to share that as we embark on this new stage of our journey together. Yeah. And I think storytelling has definitely been a big part on, um, you know, just getting to know each other more before we even, you know, we're diving deeper. And it, uh, there's something so beautiful in getting to know um, a man who is willing to tell stories with you. It's actually very sexy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think we shared this before, but so much of our lives and work together boy it really formed those years telling stories in the forest together with the yeah. kids i that yeah. just so strongly when i think of you know how did we meet how did we come together <laughs> how did we start how did we get into this whole world it was telling stories in the forest with children yeah so we we thank you for hearing our announcement and you know we also are wishing for each one of you that uh, yeah may new things open up for you as you're taking your summer break and just may you share the joy of life with the world through your stories uh, and we are so excited to yeah continue on this path with you in the fall so have a wonderful summer. Yeah, blessed storytelling. Yeah. Thank you for listening to How to Tell Stories to Children, a bi-weekly podcast from the authors of How to Tell Stories to Children, an acclaimed new book empowering parents and teachers across the world. A new edition is due out in 15 languages from Houghton Mifflin Harcourt in June of 2021. You can find more story ideas at howtotellstoriestochildren.com and on our Facebook page. You can also submit questions and topics. We like to hear from you. And by pledging $4 on Patreon, you can help us keep this podcast alive and free for everyone. Together, we can spread the intimacy and joy of storytelling, one family at a time.